to another gathering of the Gold Key Adventurers Society. Have a seat by the fire as we prepare to help you unlock the secrets of the travel life. From theme park thrills to Purple Mountain's majesty, we want to see it all and do it all, and we want to help you do the same. We all have those bucket list trips, once-in-a-lifetime destinations that we'll get to someday. We're here to help you make your travel dreams a reality. Buy the ticket, take the trip. Where do you want to go? Come on, come on, come on, now tell me what's on your bucket list. Okay, hey, okay, hey, it's a beautiful day. Okay, hey, okay, hey, it's a beautiful day. Time for round two as we hear all about Heather's epic adventure to Antarctica. But first, travel news, including visiting space with Sir Richard Branson and a glamping trip that even Jeff can get into. Say hi to the penguins, but watch out for those leopard seals. It's time to hit the trail with the Gold Key Adventurer Society. Welcome back to another meeting of the Gold Key Adventurer Society. My name is Dan Leonard, and hi, joining Dan. me this week in the studio is Heather Strait. Hello. And Mr. Jorf Willemus. Hello, Daniel. So Welcome formal. Back. I assume Dan is short for Daniel. Maybe it's Dan Lean. I don't know. <laughs> Unfortunately, it is not Dan Lean. Maybe <laughs> I'll be. go down to the Social Security office and file for a change. Change that. Just for you, Jeff. Denlene Leonardo. Ooh, I like it. Alter ego. Our show, as always, is brought to you by Key to the World Travel. Key to the World Travel is a full-service travel agency specializing in theme parks, cruising, and destinations around the world. The whole entire de- world. Cross that one off the list. Head to www.keytotheworldtravel.com for more details and a no-obligation quote on the vacation of a lifetime. Uh, so, last we left off, you guys had just finished uh, finished up Disneyland, and mm-hmm. now Heather's getting ready to jet on off to the very bottom of the world to hang out with some penguins. The whole bottom of the planet. Yeah, like way down there. Let's get the news out of the way so that we can talk about that. Uh, Heather, what you got for me? Great news. You can officially now book your space flight and get a seat on Virgin Galactic. And... It's a little bit cheaper than we were expecting. Only $450,000. So if you, like Heather, have been to everywhere in the world here, you can start going to other worlds. I was downstairs checking under the couch cushions to see if anybody left a few hundred thousand dollars laying around. No, sadly, I did not find any. But I'm going to work on it. Yeah, so two, on February 16th is when the ticket sales officially opened up to the public for the low deposit of $150,000. The total price for your seat will come just under a half a million. The flight leaves from Virgin's Spaceport America in New England, or sorry, New Mexico, not New England. And... <laughs> Those are very different yeah, places. <laughs> very far, far. It's not just your space flight. You get out there several days before, and they want you to know that, and I hate this word, but they're going to be Moist. bespoke training activities oh, that you will do before you head Here's into space. Here's how you clip on your seat belt. Yeah. Now, what else do you get for this $450,000, You you might ask? You get you get ninety minutes in space, kids. Ninety whole minutes. That's better than if you travel with Bezos. This is true. You only get a couple of minutes with him. Yeah, you get a ninety-minute round-trip journey, and up when you're in space, you'll get some weightlessness—several minutes of weightlessness. So that's pretty cool. 
I don't Can know. Can you pay I'm... extra to get the Barbarella package on that? <laughs> that would be if fantastic. you want to float around naked. Let me grand. talk to Richard Branson. <laughs> I bet you if you give him a few extra bucks, we'll make it happen. Sorry, I threw off your train of thought. <laughs> yeah, Jeff is just imagining it now. <laughs> and now I'm imagining Jeff. Yeah, he's in Barbarella me mode. Imagining it. Great. Do you have to wear the little Barbarella onesie? Obviously. I'm here for Otherwise, it. Otherwise, you don't, it's not the whole experience. Couldn't we I'll, go two hours into space for that kind of money? I though? know. 90 minutes. 90 minutes. So is that just to the right to the edge of space and back? Pretty much. You actually thing. go into outer space and then you're almost immediately coming back. Yeah. I do have to say. But I think with Bezos, it's you spend less time in space and it's a million bucks. So Then you're with steel. Jeff Bezos. Yeah. I was going to say, I think out of the three Bond villains that are currently <laughs> yeah. taking people to outer space, Sir Richard Branson is the one that I would most like to go For to. Oh, sure. me too. He seems like he'd be fun to hang out with. And I'd like to mm-hmm. go on a cruise on his cruise line as well. So, yeah, he just seems like he wants to. He wanted to party on Earth. He wanted yeah. to party yeah. uh, at sea. He wants to party in space. Maybe but if these we other guys all the are just knobs. Yeah. Maybe yeah. if we sell enough of his cruises. I can get a ticket Ooh. on his spaceship. There you go. Incentive yeah. program. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk call to him, him up. about that. Thank you. I'd appreciate that. We'll have our vendor person, Brittany, speak to Richard That'd be about perfect. that. Now that I've been everywhere <laughs> on the planet, I have to go to space. That's right. Mm. We've run slap out of places yeah. on the planet. Almost. Next, next summer, I'm going to go to the Arctic now that I've been to Antarctica. I hope you can pay for that. <laughs> I'm going to try. <laughs> what you need to do, what you need to do is like how some of our agents did that East Coast to West Coast Castle Challenge. Oh. You need to go Arctic to Antarctica. You're making me tired right now, Dan. <laughs> when we get into it, it's... They put Antarctica really it's far away. away. <laughs> and a lot of water between. You think it would have made it a little more convenient when they. Fun the how they say process. it's not the destination, it's the journey. This, They're full of this, crap. This journey was something. I got a whole story. I will say if you do go to the top of the world next year, that's a lot closer to Michigan. <laughs> it really is. It's not that far away. Yeah, it's like no. right next door. You just pop Nearly over to Norway. And, away. Yeah. He's such, you're bad. not even that wrong, really. Look at it on a map. Yeah, it's mm. like a three-hour flight. Yeah, it's closer to the Arctic Circle than Walt Disney World. Yes, from. yeah. Enough, it's Michigan. I don't know how I feel about that. Now why I'm sad. Yeah, why do we live here? Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. So, from Heather's favorite dream activity of flying in outer space, why don't we talk about Jeff's favorite way to spend his time? And that's camping. Some camping. <laughs> yeah, this is camping. I could probably get. By. I would do this camping. Or glamping as the, I don't know who says it, but that's the term for it. Mm -hmm. Not just glamping, but glamping via the Four Seasons. They're opening a glamping experience in Mexico, and the tents look not only enormous, but each of them has a private pool. And by tent, these are not tents. These are like structures with a little awning sort of aspect to them. Pretty spectacular. They're beautiful. So this is in it, Playa, what is it, Nayarit? Yes, and it's the forest. And you not only can do this glamping experience, but you also have full access to the Four Seasons Resort that's also right there, Four Seasons Punta Mita. But each tent has its own pool, its own hot tub, an outdoor gym, and full bathrooms. A it's, jungle it's, gym. It's really not. It's really not much of a tent. It's really just a very fancy hotel room in the middle of the jungle. 
There's it's a like a little bungalow. That's true. But you're up in the trees, so yeah, that's pretty. I think that might be my next thing I want to do. It's a little more luxurious than the last treehouse glamping in Mexico that we talked about that y'all were a big no on because there was no electricity or air no conditioning air conditioning and house. no indoor plumbing is a no <laughs> yeah. for me. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Looks exciting. Yeah. So if it's feasible, just... sign me right on up. Yep. And it's not open yet. They just announced the plans that they're working on it. So uh, it's not expected to open until sometime next year. But hell, I'd be in if it was only two and a half seasons. <laughs> Especially all four. But all four? Yeah, yeah. that's a no brainer. And the Puerto Vallarta area is awesome. It, just uh, beautiful. You can get tips from my brother on like where to eat around there, too. <laughs> where to eat in Vallarta? As a little insider. Jeff really liked that. We, were, we went to a conference in Puerto Vallarta, and my brother was like, Hey, dude, are you in Vallarta? Why didn't you hit me up for some tips <laughs> and tricks? I'm like, I'm not, like, hanging around Vallarta. I'm at a conference at a hotel. <laughs> All-inclusive that I won't be leaving. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to wander down to the town and check out the local flavor. Stick around. Because <laughs> after the commercial, we're going to hear all about how... Heather got to Antarctica and back. When it comes to planning your next adventure, knowledge and preparation are always key. That's why a call to your key to the world travel vacation planner should always be at the top of your to-do list when you feel the urge to venture forth and explore the world. Key to the World Travel is an authorized Disney vacation planner, specializing in travel to Disney theme parks around the world, as well as Disney Cruise Line, Alani, and Adventures by Disney. With over 450 travel advisors who share a deep love for Disney destinations, Key to the World Travel has a wealth of knowledge and passion to help you experience all the magic with none of the work. Wherever your wanderlust is driving you, Key to the World Travel is a full-service travel agency with the expertise to get you where you want to go. So whether you're headed to Universal Studios, Hawaii, Europe, or somewhere a little farther off the beaten track, your first step should always be to visit www.keytotheworldtravel.com for a no-obligation quote. Their expert travel planners are standing by to help you with every detail of your perfect vacation. That's www.keytotheworldtravel.com or at Key to the World Travel on Facebook. Key to the World Travel, your key to a magical vacation. It's not unusual when a Michigander takes a midwinter vacation for them to head south to soak up some sun and thaw their cold, dark souls. For some strange reason, Heather <laughs> hit South America and just kept on going south all the way to the land of glaciers and penguins. Heather, tell us about your ultimate bucket list cruise to Antarctica the with Adventures by Disney. The funny part is that it was warmer in Antarctica <laughs> yeah. when I was there than it was back home in Michigan. As far away as it looks on the map. Oh, it's so far. And I was prepared. I knew how long it was going to take to get there, but the actual physically having to do it. So, so your actual planned itinerary seemed exhausting to me. And then that didn't go as planned, yes. right? You were to leave in, on a Thursday at 5 p.m. <laughs> From mm -hmm. Grand Rapids, It did right? not. So, uh, yeah, I was supposed to leave on, it was a Saturday. 
And I had what should have been my normal quick flight down to Atlanta to catch a flight from Atlanta to Buenos Aires. That right off the bat, it started going wrong. The plane was, my flight from Grand Rapids to Atlanta was delayed by three hours. Not because of some bad weather, not because of anything unforeseen. I still actually to this day don't know what delayed that flight. I heard mechanical problems at one point someone said it was a security sweep it was not here it was not at the gate that never it was it took it was delayed by three hours so i was probably going to miss my connection in it but i was told by the flight attendant on that flight when we finally left not to worry that they were holding the plane because there was another flight that had been delayed and there were 10 more passengers because there were so many of us, they were going to hold the flight for us. So I get to the gate and I knew that the plane was still there. It hadn't left. I landed about this five is the minutes gate in before. Atlanta. Yes, I get to Atlanta. I landed about five minutes before that flight to Buenos Aires was scheduled to take off. But I stopped. I got off the plane from Grand Rapids and I stopped and asked that agent, do I even run over there? And he checks and he says that the boarding door is still open. They're holding that plane. Go. So I ran, I get there, and I I walk up to the gate of this flight that's leaving for Buenos Aires, and I hear yelling. I go, this isn't going to go well. And it was the other people who had been also told that the flight was being held. And they we arrived at this gate to find out they had given away all of our seats to standby passengers. They knew we were in the airport. They knew we were coming. They, we'd all been told the flight was being held and the gate agent gave away our seats. And this is Delta, by the way. Yes. <laughs> so right off the bat, it start, It went bad. And the gate Louder agent... for the people in the back, Jeff. Delta yeah. Airlines. Delta Airlines. So the gate agent announces to all of us, no big deal. It's fine. We've rebooked you on the same flight tomorrow. 24 Oop. hours later. 24 yeah, no hour deal. delay. No big deal. That It was a big deal for me because part of this adventures by disney is once you arrive in buenos aires you're not even to the ship yet you still have to travel all the way down the country of argentina it's a long way on On a a charter charter flight Mm -hmm. there's one plane one plane that everybody on this adventure has to be on and part of it part of the reason for that is covid protocols disney's trying to create a bubble they get you all into buenos aires we've all had a pcr test by this point, just to get into Argentina, because that's their COVID protocol. Yeah, the bubble was just you guys and the NBA, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Once you arrived in Argentina, Adventures by Disney administers a second PCR. So by this time, you've had two PCR tests within two days, and they're fairly confident that we're starting off the trip on the right foot. So if I don't get on that charter flight, which was leaving Monday morning, at 6 a.m., I can't go. So I'm telling this to the gate agent, and the gate agent, the Delta gate agent in Atlanta does not care. She doesn't care. She's, there's no other flight to Buenos Aires out of Atlanta, and that's it. She's not willing to look at another airline, which we talked about this recently on the show. I knew was something they had to do because they're yeah. delaying me over if 24 hours. It's their hours, fault. It's of their the delay. fault. Yep. It was not weather. I think it's it's over four hours. It's over four. Yeah. There was a blizzard happening in the country. 
that night that I was trying to leave that was happening in New England. But it wasn't delaying things in Atlanta. It was not weather that caused this. So they're not willing to do a thing for me. She won't look at other airlines. She won't look at other Delta flights from other cities other than Atlanta. She's washed her hands of me. So meanwhile, the plane is still sitting there. I'm in the gate with my laptop and I just start searching in any flight out of any airport on any airline in the United States that can get me to Buenos Aires by 6 a.m. on Monday. And I find, coincidentally, a Delta flight. But the problem is it's leaving from JFK where where there's a blizzard. And you're in Atlanta. I'm in Atlanta. Very close to JFK. And they do have several flights from Atlanta to JFK on Delta, but they won't put me on one because the gate agent says, there's a blizzard there. We're going to cancel these. I know we're going to cancel these. So I'm not going to put you on one. So I find a flight to it from Atlanta to JFK on JetBlue. And I tell them this if I get myself to JFK on a different airline, will you put me on that flight to Buenos Aires? Absolutely. No problem. We will do that. They tell me they've done it. They show me that they've done it. They give me a piece of paper that says they've done it. So I get myself a hotel room, spend the night in Atlanta. I get up at the crack of dawn, go back to the Atlanta airport and find my bag, which was a miracle. But I really needed it. I'm going on an expedition to Antarctica. My bag has snow pants and hats and you can't just show up in antarctica you didn't wear one of those hats inside did you i did not so by some miracle i find my bag i go back to the delta counter and make sure for the third time if i get myself to to new york you're gonna have me on that plane absolutely here's the proof they show me again i've now at this point asked maybe four agents yeah you're sure I'm not going to cancel my ticket if I get to JFK on my own. Absolutely not. It's not going to be a problem. Did you record them saying this? Now I wish I had. (laughs) Because so the the flight comes around JetBlue. The JetBlue flight was delayed into JFK because there had been a blizzard and they were cleaning up. I want to say this. The JetBlue delay was caused by weather and they automatically, without me having to even say anything, they put a $100 credit in my JetBlue account for a weather delay, which and I thought was fantastic. Those two flights they wouldn't put you on because they would be canceled did not get canceled. They didn't get canceled. They got there. Yeah, they landed about the same time I did. So I get there. I get my bag. I get myself to the counter to check in for the flight from JFK. To Buenos Aires. Now, it was not a Delta plane. It was an Aerolineas Argentinas, which is a code share partner. Shouldn't matter. I get up to the counter to check in and they take my passport. They're weighing my bag. I'm thinking, this is great. I've got an hour till this flight checks takes off. Cannot believe I've made it. I'm so relieved. And then they start speaking Spanish. Like, oh, no. And I know enough Spanish to know that this is not good. And it turns out that Delta canceled my ticket. After telling me they wouldn't, they canceled my ticket because I didn't take Delta to JFK. Wait, who canceled your ticket? Or so they said. Delta did it. Delta canceled the ticket because I flew a different airline to get to JFK. So because you hadn't taken the one leg, they canceled Mm -hmm. your second leg. Because I didn't agree to go standby on that leg, which was the only thing they were willing to do for me. And assured me that it would be okay. They canceled the ticket. 
And I almost break down in front of these agents. And an angel from Aerolinia says he, he was, they brought the manager over and he has me explain what happened. I tell him everything. And he's like, stay right here. I'm calling Delta. And he called Delta and called, had to call several different people at Delta and it got heated. He was yelling at them at one point, basically telling them to reinstate the ticket. There were seats. There's available mm -hmm. seats. Yep. And she has paid for one. Yes, a Delta One seat, by the way. I didn't mention that part when they gave away my standby seat. They gave away a Delta One seat, which is not their policy to standby, to someone on standby. But long story short, this guy argued for me. His name was Aaron. He argued for me right up until the flight was supposed to leave at 3.30. And it wasn't until 3.15 that he was able to get my ticket reinstated. And then he walked me to the front of security, walked me all the way to the gate, walked me onto the plane, made sure that I got in my seat and we gave took her off. a hug and a kiss. Yes, it was amazing. And I actually made it. So that's a 10 hour flight from actually from JFK. It was an 11 hour flight from JFK to Buenos Aires. But I made it and I got to the charter flight. 10 minutes before the Adventures by Disney group showed up. It was Because they great. had all spent the night in Buenos Aires. Mm -hmm. They were all already there. And I was standing at the charter check-in gate when they got there. It was cool. <laughs> they had all the adventure guides had been watching my flight, knew where I was. And it was very cool. Adventures by Disney is incredible. We it, had Disney all... executives texting her. Hey, we're watching yeah. this whole situation. We see your flights. <laughs> we're watching. We we think you're going to make it. It's going to be amazing. And I made it and there was cheering and it was fantastic. But then you get, so you get to Buenos Aires and you still have a three and a half hour flight down to a city called Us, which is at the very tip of Argentina. I never realized how dang far south Argentina goes. It's so far. It's the flight from Buenos Aires, which is at the top of the country, down to the bottom is three and a half hours. It's a long way. And it's the southernmost city, most populated city on the planet. It's very cool. It's very cold down there. It's summertime. So it's like you land in Buenos Aires and it's 80 degrees. And when you get down to Ushuaia, it's 30 degrees. And <laughs> like they're... A Wednesday in Alabama. Yeah. yeah, it's sad because climate change is really on display there. They told us that as as recently as 30 years ago, Ushuaia had snow 365 days a year. Oh, and now they don't. Now they have a summer. We saw flowers blooming. It was cold for summertime, but it was probably 40, 45 degrees. And that's that's really that's only a few decades ago that it was snowy there all the time, and now it's not. But that's a myth. Yeah. So you get down there and then what you have to do is board your expedition ship and you still have two more days before you get to Antarctica. <laughs> it's just crazy. I'm already such a But at least they're calm, relaxing days. So you have to go through something called the Drake Passage, which allegedly I am told can be calm. It can which be a nice... Which is named after rapper, entertainer Drake. Yes, from Canada. It's his passage. We listen to Drake music the entire time. Yeah, you leave Ushuaia and it's a it's really pretty. Patagonia is beautiful, really nice. And it's that little town is crazy because it's it looks like a whole bunch of different little European towns just all combined and stuck there. Like there's, Epcot? Yeah, because there's <laughs> some of the architecture looks Swiss and some of it looks Spanish. And it's just whatever influence of all the different explorers that have 
been in that region of the world. We had, before we boarded the ship, they took us for an Argentinian barbecue lunch, which is just all kinds of meat. We had lamb and beef and chicken. Like a Brazilian steakhouse type Exactly of like that. Just a big giant pile of meat. Mm. It was delicious. So you're on the ship. So you're on the ship for two days in the Drake Passage, and it's the most intense seas I have ever experienced in my life. I've got some video that I took from the dining room where the waves are coming up and hitting. The, it looks like you're underwater. So there was a, a couple of guests who were, we were, our room was on the on deck six, which is the highest passenger deck. It's a pretty small ship. Some people just down the way from us lost their balcony furniture to a wave on Jeepers. deck six. Oh, my God. <laughs> it, the wave came up and took their furniture away. So you don't want to be hanging out on your balcony during this. Didn't you say it, that it, was like a four out of ten? This is what the captain told us that it was going to be about a four or a five out of ten. I don't want to experience <laughs> and So ten. afterwards, did he say, yeah, that was about a four or five? He said he thought he would put it at about a five or a six. <laughs> that it was. Gross. Yeah. And it, I did get sick. My traveling companion, another key to the world travel advisor, Brittany. She didn't get sick. Brittany was taking meclizine, boning. <laughs> no, I didn't take any medication and I was fine. You're but lucky. the ship was during the Drake Passage, so it's two days down. And then when you're coming back, you got to go back through it. The ship was a ghost town. There were people who never left their room because they were so sick. Yeah, we have time. other agency owner friends that for two whole days just doubled up there. Dramamine and stayed in their rooms asleep. They slept 40 hours. <laughs> they woke up and ate, yes. made some videos for Facebook, and we were right back. So One of the adventure guides, got, he, this was his second time to Antarctica, and he got so, so sick that he couldn't leave his room. And there were a lot of people that were, I saw, I would say probably most of the passengers were wearing those patches, motion sickness, scopolamine, I think that's how you pronounce it, patches. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of the crew were too, but it's wild. Like you get used to when you take a shower, you've got to put your one Grace. foot on either side and brace yourself. I had bruises all over from just all of a sudden the, a wave would hit and you'd smack into a wall or something. It was crazy. But as soon as you get through that and you're in Antarctica, it's glass. And it, it really is. So that passage is between two seas, right? Three, two actually. Oceans. Yeah, it's the Atlantic hitting the Pacific. And then the Southern Ocean is coming up from the South and hitting those two. And you're going through that. And yeah. most of the time it is rough. Actually, on the way back, it was even worse. He had The captain had told us it wasn't going to be as bad and it was worse. Because <laughs> the ship was coming up like the nose would come up out of the water and then smack down. But... I, I want to do it so bad. After a harrowing sailing, then you're in just gross cold. Mm, it wasn't that cold, A. And B, it was some of the most spectacular scenery I have ever seen. I saw pictures before we were leaving, but we were at dinner when land first came into to view and the everybody looked out the window kind of at the same time and saw it and we all just ran because it was so beautiful the icebergs and the sea ice and pictures of the blue glaciers and they really do look like that it's just incredible 
So we sailed as far south as we were going to go and woke up uh, the next morning for our first landing. And I will, the thing about an expedition cruise, it's worth saying to anybody who is thinking about doing this is... You're and, really selling it so far. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It is worth it. All of the people who you left did your house get, four days yeah, ago. Yeah. And we're finally there. And all of the people who did get very sick, we talked to every really everybody on the ship and the people that we hadn't seen. And all of them were at the end of this trip, all of them were willing to go back through that again to go back to Antarctica. They loved it so much. So it's definitely worth it. It takes a lot to get there. And an expedition cruise is much more active than a typical an ocean cruise because the, the whole point of it is the stuff that you get to do when you get there. It's There's not as much on the ship. I will say the ship was very comfortable. I loved it. It was beautiful. Adventures by Disney Charters Panat ship, which is it's a French, a French yacht company. And it's very fine dining. The food was amazing. The interiors of the ship are great. There's plenty of lounges and bars, but it's not a big ocean ship. So you don't have casinos and Ice There's no Broadway shows. Yeah, stuff like that. There <laughs> no is, bumper cars? No. There is a swimming pool, which is kept heated to hot tub temperatures. It's empty when you're going through the Drake Passage, but then they fill it up once you <laughs> get down there. It, it gets filled up yeah. through the Drake Passage. <laughs> yeah. Actually, when you're in the Drake Passage, if it is super choppy, which we had, they have all the doors, like exterior doors closed so that you can't go out on deck. They don't want you falling over. But you get there. There's no nighttime, really. It, it's this time of year during the summer. It's 24 hours of light, which is crazy. I had never experienced that before. But the great part about that is, is you have a ton of time to to do all of the stuff. And all of the stuff that you get to do is just incredible. I was obsessed with getting to see a penguin and I saw approximately 20 million of them. The very first landing we did was at, on the actual continent. And so you have to get off of your expedition ship onto these little rubber boats called Zodiacs. And then they take you onto land and they provide you with a parka because it's cold. And they also get in the parka you get to keep. It's a, like the greatest souvenir ever. And then they also give you knee high rubber boots because really you're hopping off of these little boats in the water. So you need waterproof boots and waterproof pants. Like hunter boots style? Yeah, exactly. And they give you those so you don't have to pack that. You have to pack waterproof pants. So we all had like ski pants. And you have to pack your own hats and gloves and They don't give clothes. you a hat like a toboggan? Adventures by Disney did give us, yeah. Normally, I don't think that's part of it. Before you go adventures, any adventures by Disney trip, you get a package in the mail before your trip that includes some stuff to use on the trip and then just some fun souvenirs. This time they gave us a... A really nice dry bag backpack. So it's completely waterproof in case it falls in the water. All your gear, keep your camera gear and stuff and a hat. And the penguins were amazing. The wildlife is incredible. How's that penguin shit smell? It smells bad. <laughs> it smells really bad. If you've ever been to the penguin enclosure in a zoo, you know that no. it doesn't smell and good. That's eight penguins. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> the smallest penguin colony we visited had 20,000 penguins. Wow. So it's a lot. That's a couple of penguins. It's a lot. Well, <laughs> the second day we got up and we hadn't even opened the curtains yet. And I, as soon as I opened my eyes, I knew 
that we were in a bigger penguin colony because I could smell them from inside the ship with doors <laughs> closed. Gross. Was, that one was, I think, two million, one, one or two million penguins. It's so many penguins. So they're just on this little island. You, they're just thing. walking around. And you get off when you land, there's a penguin two feet from you. And they just walk around. And they they ask you, they say, the rule is you need to try to stay 15 feet away from them, but <laughs> they don't follow those rules. So if a penguin walks up to you, you let it. You just stop. And they're curious about you. The little, the baby what ones are not. big old penguin? Yeah. The babies aren't <laughs> curious. The babies uh, are a little bit. Babies are stupid. I say yeah. <laughs> but you also got to be prepared that you see the circle of life. I saw so many baby penguins snatched by seabirds. It haunts That's my, my dreams. That's my favorite part, where they just smack <laughs> them on a rock to bust them open so they can eat. That's what they do, and I saw it. Ugh. Yeah. So many times. I saw a leopard seal eat a penguin. I saw an orca eat a penguin, and they play with it first. They throw it up. <laughs> orca, in the- orcas are assholes. They are, and I saw it. <laughs> I saw it in person. (laughs) Yes. They throw it up in the air and play with it, and then they eat it, and part of it went floating by. It was Yeah, they do that. I've seen them doing that with seals. Mm, The seals do that, too. Yeah. No, but the orca's eating the seals. Yeah. (laughs) They toss it around like a cat with a mouse or whatever. We saw humpback whales as well as the orcas. I like the humpbacks. They didn't eat any penguins. They were nicer. (laughs) But it's it's a very active adventure. We did a lot of hiking. hiking. Yeah, I hiked. Did up. you do any water sports? I kayaked. Oh yeah, it's the last time I will ever kayak. I recommend a lake or a, maybe a light river for kayaking. I've been kayaking before. I've been canoeing before, and I really like it. So when I saw on the offerings yeah, at Disneyland, yeah, I know other places. But I've never sea kayaked. And I was assured by the adventure guides that they do the, the, the this excursion is run by Panat, not by the adventure, it's by Disney guides. And they assured me, though, that they do not take people out unless the sea is glass. There can't be any wind. There can't be any waves. It has to be completely flat because they know that people might be beginners. What about well, apex predators? Oh, my God. <laughs> So the first two groups, when they went out, it was as advertised. They were floating around in the sea ice. There's no waves. They take us out. The morning they take us out there, Brittany and I see what the weather conditions are, and we start to get worried. But we're thinking, it's okay. They would never take us out there if it wasn't safe. Oh, my God. Well, they might. See, this part sounds awesome to me. I. You might have liked it, Dan. You might have liked it. So first of all, you have to get in the Zodiac and they take you out into the middle of the ocean and you have to climb from your Zodiac into another one and then get in the sea kayak on this floating raft thing, which might be fine when there's no waves. But there were so many ways. So we managed to... to, Any experienced person trying to climb into this thing. We got in no problem. Then our first problem was that they... I'd never been in a kayak that had a rudder. I've always steered with the paddle. This kayak had a rudder that you work with your feet. And I'm very short. And I couldn't reach <laughs> the pedals. And they look at them and the guys, oh, I'll move them up for you a little bit. So he moves them up for a little bit. And he tells me that it's fine. And he sends us out. And I still oh no. couldn't reach them. I'm, lay- I'm like laying practically flat. With my feet stick, I could not reach the dang pedals. And so 
we I was in the back having to work the pedals. I can't reach them. And the other kayaks are getting further and further away. And it's at this point that the guy sure they put those yeah, pedals on row. Uh, the guy did eventually have to paddle up in his kayak and practically climb in mine to fix the pedals so that I could reach them. But by this point, we're at the back of the pack and we start hearing the guides pointing out leopard seals. And I was so worried about steering this damn kayak that it doesn't even occur to me that they had told us that it's very dangerous to be kayaking with leopard seals. That if they see one, they're concerned and we will probably have to go in. At this point, we spotted 10 to 12 of them. Yes. Probably attracted to your flailing around. <laughs> and then it occurs to us that we're at the back of the pack. And if they think yeah. of us as yeah, the weak one, the one we're the weak off. penguin. <laughs> the baby Zeke, the big, weak, yellow penguin. We're the weak, <laughs> injured penguin who's at the back of the pack. And the, the leopard seals start swimming around our kayak in a circle. And at some point, the guide comes flying in in his kayak to put himself between us and a leopard seal and i'm still not computing that this thing is hunting us they start getting concerned and they finally get us all into a pack and say okay this is very dangerous we're worried when we see one and we've seen a dozen and we've got to get you guys out of here and way over there we realized that they, the people who weren't kayaking, they were taking them out in the little motorized zodiacs. We realized that all of them are gone. Like they don't even want the people in the zodiacs around these leopard seals because they will attack a boat. And so, did you get out your harpoons? Yeah, we should have. We could have maybe sold some seal blubber. But I have a really great photo, really up close, of a leopard seal. So, there's that. And we got a certificate that said we completed this. So did you have this. to paddle all the way back to the boat since they took your Zodiacs? No, the Zodiac comes back to get you. So you have to get out of your kayak again onto the floating raft thing and you roll out. I'm sure it looked really <laughs> graceful. Hopefully there's some video. <laughs> Is there <somewhere>. video? <laughs> and then you climb into a Zodiac and then into the other one and they take you back onto the ship. So we survived. I will never do it again. The kayaking part ever. Even if it, when are you going to have that opportunity again? <laughs> that was the only part of it that I didn't really enjoy. And, but it's a funny story that I got hunted by a leopard seal. So there's that part. Yeah. Very few people have had that happen. That is true. Every other landing was For the low so price fun. Of 20 grand, you could do that. <laughs> to be fair, the, the two groups that went before us on the previous day in the calm water could not stop raving about how amazing it was. Yeah, we didn't have that same experience, but <laughs> Adventures by Disney made it right and they refunded all of our money from that excursion. That was the only excursion that isn't included. <laughs> we paid for that experience, but we got our money back and the adventure yeah. guides were very concerned and had some words with the Panat naturalists for sending us out in the slightly too. Especially if they had just said previously that we really shouldn't yeah. do this. Yeah. To be fair, from the video that they made, not made for yes. you, the other group's you, excursion yes. did look incredible. Yeah. Did you notice that there was no video from our excursion? Yeah. In that, yeah, yeah. That's, that video is a liability case. That's correct. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's so another cool thing about an expedition cruise is that not only do you have your normal adventure guides, but you have naturalists on board who are all experts on 
penguins and whales and glaciers. And one of the really amazing things we did was sail into an active volcano, which I didn't even know was a thing you can do. There's a, it it looks like a ring of islands and it's actually an active volcano. The active part, of course, is all under the sea. So we couldn't see any of that, but we sailed. Was there a supervillain's lair in the middle of it? I'm pretty sure. Yes. (laughs) That's Nomad Sand Island. Yep. And that we, we got out and, and we, they took us to the edge and we walked up uh, to the top to walk down a crater of a volcano, which is very cool. Black sand, just like in Hawaii, slightly colder than Hawaii, but really, huh. yeah, all told it was 12 spectacular days. Um, so the temperature when you were there was like what? Twenties and thirties? Yeah. Twenties and teens and twenties. Twenties and thirties. There were a couple of mornings when we were out on little Zodiac cruises where the wind chill was closer to zero, but it's summer. So that's warm. Yeah. And the it looks was, absolutely beautiful, but I don't like yeah. the getting there part sucks and yeah. I'm not active. So. I thought that the getting there part was actually fun. A lot of people disagreed with me, but I liked it. It took you two days even to get to the sailing part. Yes, that's true. The penguins thought it was too hot when it was 30 out. It was funny. You'd see them just like laying there panting like a dog. Like they're Spreading like, this out. Is, yep, it's so and do hot they get out the water here. to cool down? They do. I have so many great videos of penguins swimming and jumping in the water and just up close. The photos are incredible. That's what I was saying to Kendra. Like, you're already a pretty good photographer, but it's like between the wildlife that close to you and the landscape is so beautiful. It's every person that goes there just magically becomes a National Geographic Yeah, it would be hard to take a picture there. And I just got actually just a few hours ago, I was looking at. So one of the things that's cool about Adventures by Disney is all of the adventure guides are taking photos the whole time, too. And you get all of those for free. It's included. Yeah, they they do that on every on every one. And so I so there's they're taking photos and they're getting pictures of of you and of the wildlife and stuff from angles you might not have gotten. And they're so incredible. And a great thing about is they also have on board a professional team of photographers and videographers. And these are like Nat Geo level skilled photographers. And they, you can buy the video and the photo that photos that they took. And it was very inexpensive. I think it was, I paid $50 for the whole thing, all the photos and the video that I showed you guys. And it's incredible. It's really great stuff. That's less than you pay for a 20 minutes photo session at Walt Disney It's cheaper than Capture the Magic at Walt Disney World. Yeah. And it's so much, much better quality. They also gave us this really cool topographical map of the whole journey showing where you started and where you ended. And it's definitely just a trip of a lifetime. It's something I never expected that I would be able to do. I never even realized I wanted to do it until the opportunity came up and then it was yeah. heck yeah i want to go to the bottom of the planet also dan roll tape on her saying she does not want to take a cold vacation because she lives where it's cold <laughs> and i knew this was going to come up hey i did yeah. mention that it was warmer in antarctica than it was in oh, michigan yeah, okay. attest to that yeah it was not warm that week yeah so pretty and actually we saw a lot of different landscapes than I that I didn't even know were down there. I expected everything to just be ice and white and blue. Yeah, but y'all were inside that cavey yeah, area thing some, that looked 
like you're on Mars or really something. Really cool. Mm -hmm. We went on these little cruises through these very cool caves. And when we were in the volcano, it was you're seeing brown and green and just different colors I wasn't expecting to see down there. I saw it's a lot of wildlife that lives down there that I it's, it's crazy to me how much wildlife is down there. And why are yeah. they there? And we, why do they choose? We <laughs> ate some of it too. One of the one of the dinners we had was Antarctic crab, and it was Oops. really good. Uh. It was one of my favorite things that I ate. No seal flipper though. No seal flipper. Soured seal yeah. flipper. <laughs> well, that was, was something Brittany That's and I, I both. I had forgotten that yeah. so long ago. It was the gross <laughs> things they eat in Iceland. Not the same thing. The food was wonderful. What? Brittany I, and I were wondering about halfway through the ship, we're thinking, a trip, we're thinking, there's nowhere that they have stopped to restock. So we really wanted to see the, the galleys yep. on this thing. There there had to be By just... the last day or two, you were just eating canned SpaghettiOs. <laughs> we, you know what? We were expecting that there would be a lot of pasta but at the end of the trip, thinking that they'd be out of meat and fish and whatnot but they weren't and it was really good there were there was not very much fresh fruit at the end of the trip however it was it what a surprise yeah shocking what you can do with freeze-drying food these days yeah. it's impressive because there's no refueling no none either. so when there's you take a stop. sea cruise you they refuel at every mm -hmm. port they restock at every port yeah they and empty out the poopers yeah so and every single one of your meals is included on this trip all alcohol, everything. You're, you don't, even the gratuities for the guides and the staff, all of that is included. There was, we, there were a couple of optional extras that we did choose to do, the, the photo package that I mentioned and the sea kayaking. And the upgraded beverage service. Yes. But I will say that it, I wouldn't recommend someone do the sea kayaking, even if you are really great at kayaking. Because it's not in addition to one of your landings, it's in place of. And the landings and the Zodiac cruises are so cool in and of themselves that I, you don't need that extra That's experience. for people that just want to do it for the adventure sake. Yes, exactly. And I wish we our day had been the day that was on the calm waters through all of the icy, cool stuff in the video. That looked like it probably was a lot of fun, but... The landing that we did that day was my favorite one. So at the same time, I'm glad it didn't replace that. We hiked up to the top of just this spectacular glacier and just sat up there for a while looking around and just being amazed at where you are. It was really incredible. And and I would 100% do it again. Absolutely. I do that from the top of Bay Lake Tower. <laughs> yeah, I like that too. <laughs> but and it made me want to go on the expedition to the Arctic and see I think some I'd polar go bears. On that one. I'd do that. Mm -hmm. Some caribou. And the thing about I've said that it's very active, and it is. But there were opportunities for less active, and it would still be just as incredible. There were, unfortunately. Because it was, we were the beginning of the Olympics, one of the adventures by Disney things that they were doing while we were on board in the Drake Passage was having fun little Olympic games. <laughs> while you're pitching and well, rolling. Yes, <laughs> and unfortunately, one of the guests hurt himself in that mm. on the way to Antarctica. He tore Oof. something in his knee. Oh, no. And so he was on crutches the rest of the trip. Oh, dear. Yeah. So like, do you get a free trip to Antarctica? Yeah. <laughs> so he was not 
hiking up glaciers, but he still got to do the landing. He could get in and out of the Zodiac. Yes, okay. they, yeah, they helped him because there's always, there's a, there's somebody on the deck and somebody in the boat and they take, each of them takes one of your arms and helps you in. It was super easy. It was like walking down a couple of steps. I've it, seen it, you stumble down steps. It was very easy. I never tripped. But so he still was able to do the landings. It's just he was, you know, staying down on the beach and not climbing up the glacier. I would have been with him to make sure he was okay. Yes. (laughs) There's still tons and tons of wildlife on the beach. You weren't missing anything if you didn't want to make those hikes and climbs. Some of the hikes we did were very long uphill. The longest one was about two miles, a two mile loop which was really fun and I loved it, but there were a lot of people who didn't do it, who just stayed down on the beach with a million penguins. <laughs> yeah, it's not bad for slumming it. It's really not. And it's- and that's where all the seals are. The seals are not up on the glacier. I was surprised at how many of the penguins hop all the way up to the top of the glacier. And I love well, watching them hop. I, if you've seen video of a penguin, it is it's absolutely that entertaining to watch them walk around. They look like a hop. bunch of little drunken toddlers. They yes. are. <laughs> and you're starting to feel bad in about tuxedos. yourself if you're slipping on the ice or falling in the snow. And then you see the penguins doing it and they'll face plant. And then they'll just go, oh, I meant to do that and slide down on their belly. <laughs> what was it we discovered? The Korean word for penguin translates to Chinese. business goose. Oh, yes. Chinese. <laughs> business <laughs> goose. <laughs> That's got to be a lie. That can't be real. I hope I Googled it's real. It's it is business, sources. business goose. They're so Just cute. I love them. And I get mad at the mean seabirds who steal their babies. But we saw a penguin chick hatch out of an egg right in front of me. And then get eaten right away? No, thank goodness he did not get eaten. But I did see so many baby penguins get eaten. And that was just by JJ. And then I had to watch it again on the video. Oh, yeah. Did yeah, you see I that? enjoyed that. Did you yeah, like you that? My kids, my kids loved did. that part also. Did they? Oh. I just discovered some more photos of it on the, the, the photo reel. So I'll send those over to you, too. Good. Yeah. No. There's, there's nothing more fun than traumatizing my kids. Hey, it's well, the circle of life. The seabirds it's nature, have to baby. Eat too. That's right. Yeah. And the sea lions tried to eat me. So all in all, you would do it again. I would 100% do it again. And I would absolutely recommend to other people who have, if it's ever something you thought, maybe I'd like to do this. How many of these did they do this year? I know there's a short window they have. There is a very short window. Disney, this was the very first time Adventures by Disney did expedition cruising. And there were only two. One left at the end of December and ours was the end of January. And I talked to a lot of the guides that did the, all the adventure guides were on both and they really preferred the January sailing because you're further into summer and our weather was absolutely spectacular. Yeah, it looked awesome. We had some days where just beautiful sunshine and they said the December trip, the weather wasn't as good. It was mostly foggy and it was colder. Yeah. So I really, I highly recommend the, the January ones. I believe for next year, there are three sailings scheduled. One or two in December and one or two in January. And it is the north, the Arctic version. Is it also a sailing? It is also a sailing. It is also on Panant. And that happens in our summer. So that it's summertime as well in the Arctic. I would love to escape Alabama summer and go there. Yes. (laughs) And in that version, polar bears and reindeer and... 
Yeah, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Up it goes to the North Pole. That one is round trip out of Norway. It looks really great. I would love to do that one. It looks great. Yeah. And it's in the summer, so it still is cool up there, but it's not as cold as it would be if you went to the Arctic Circle in and winter can months. can I fly a drone there? That's a very good question, because you cannot in Antarctica. You cannot in Antarctica, mm-hmm. but that's, that makes sense there. I'll have to look into that for you and see if that would sway you to head to the North Pole. I'll go to the North Pole. Oh, I just didn't right. want all that sailing. <laughs> it's, there is no Drake Passage. Exactly. You don't have to do any of that. It's You fly into Oslo, Norway. And you're already yeah. really close. Yeah, my parents yeah. went to the North Pole and all around in that mm-hmm. area. And they use the same the same company. They charter a Panant ship. It's uh, the sister ship to the one that I was on. So it's a beautiful ship. Really nice. That ship, for those that don't know, was the Panant Sist. That's <laughs> not what it was called. The ship that we were on was called the Lille. Oh. Yes. And the I one just... that's... I'll just that's... write that down real quick. <laughs> <laughs> I was worried that Heather wasn't going to get, a, get to bust out her fancy-ass French accent. It was the L'Oreal <laughs> for the Americans. La yeah. There you go. Yes. Why did you say so in the first place? Sorry. Yeah. And the one that they sailed to the Arctic is the Le Boreal. No, what is it really called? Le... That one's easier. Yeah. Yeah. Much, it sounds yeah. much nicer. And... So we did not get to see the southern lights on this trip because we're going in the summer and it's hold up twenty four hours. There are a day. southern lights. Yes, what? there are. I never knew this. Yeah. Is that the aurorealis? Yeah, it's still aurora borealis, I believe. Huh. Yeah, but you can only see them in Antarctica's winter because that's when it's dark. It's light outside twenty four hours a day in the summer, so you can't see them. But the northern lights on their Arctic sailing, you will get to see that. I, I am today years yeah. old f- hearing about Southern Lights. Yeah. They're the Aurora Australis. There it is. Ah, thank you. We did not see them. And it was funny because the, so you have these daily briefings where the naturalists tell you what you're going to see the next day and they tell you about the wildlife and stuff. And the very first briefing, he said, so what does everybody want to see? One dude Pretty said great. a polar bear. <laughs> Sorry. 50,000 miles off. We're not going to see any polar bears. Another person said the northern lights. And he was like, mm. okay, first of all, it's That's the southern lights. And no, we won't see them because it's going to be light outside 24 yeah. hours a day. Someone said Santa Claus. I think that they booked the tell wrong you, cruise. Tell yeah. me you didn't read the description of the trip. Do you think you're going to the North Pole? Because we're going to the South Pole. Is there actually a pole? I imagine it looks like a barber's pole. <laughs> it does, so. yes. In the north, there is, and it does. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We didn't can... get that far south on this trip. We did not go to the South Pole. Oh, sorry. But you do go to the North Pole on the other. Yes, you do. All right, the South Pole is much harder to get to because it's in the middle of the Antarctic continent, so you can't sail to it. So um, you can't sail through land. Is what you're no, saying? No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, I think that the South Pole that you can visit is not the actual pole. It's just a... It's fake. It's not the, the actual landmass. geographic pole. It's a pole that they were like, oh, this is close enough. Yes. This is too hard to get the rest of the way. We'll just put this here and nobody's going to Turns out it's really difficult to get down there. Yeah. It's a yeah. lot easier. They to put get. it so far away. They did. They really should have put it in, I don't know, Central Mexico. Florida. It must be cool to live in a place where like, Outside is your 
It's your refrigerator, though. Yeah, all year round. There was snow, even though it was warm for that time of year. And the penguins thought it was too hot. It was cold. But weird that there's snow because it's so dry. And it was cool. Our very first landing, it started snowing and it was... Is it real snow or is it like frozen mist coming from the sea spray? It seemed like it was real snow when it was snowing. (laughs) Yeah. There's all that water in the air. There were a couple of days. Yeah, there were a couple of days when we were sailing that it was... There was snow on my balcony of the ship. So maybe that was frozen sea spray. That would make sense. Yeah, that's crazy. To be sailing where it's snowy just Mm -hmm. feels wrong. And we would sit out on the balcony and watch the icebergs float past. It was really cool. Well. Yeah, it did not suck. If you'd like to go there. I highly recommend it. Yeah. Let's get the, let's, let's charter an Adventures by Disney (laughs) expedition to Antarctica. What do you say? Done and done. Yes. Oh, darn it. How about to the Arctic? Will you go there? Perhaps. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Thanks for hanging out with us again this week. If you're excited to watch an adorable baby penguin be eaten by a ravenous seabird or cross some other trip (laughs) off your bucket list, (laughs) Key to the World Travel has an Antarctic penguin nesting site full of expert travel planners ready to make your vacation dreams a reality. Head to www.keytotheworldtravel.com to get started with the no obligation quote. Don't forget to catch up with our friend, the Theme Park Professor, for all the latest theme park news and tips at www.themeparkprofessor.com. Word of mouth is the best way to help us grow our show. If you have a friend or two who you think would appreciate our special brand of globe-trotting jackassery, tell them what makes our show so great and send them our way. You can find links to subscribe to your... You can find links to subscribe to the show on your favorite apps and all the latest updates at www.goldkeyadventurers.com. We can't wait to hang out with you again next week, and we'll see you real soon. And the best part of Antarctica, there's no flows. None. Except for ice flows. (laughs) There's ice flows. Shut up. To ask a question or share your travel story, you can reach us by smoke signal, carrier pigeon, or send an email to goldkeyadventurers at gmail.com. And make sure you follow the Gold Key Adventures Society on Facebook and Instagram. A huge thanks to our sponsor, Key to the World Travel. For all your travel planning needs, visit www.keytotheworldtravel.com for a free quote and help planning the trip of a lifetime. Tell them the gold Key Adventurers sent you. That's www.keytotheworldtravel.com. Key to the World Travel, your key to a magical vacation. Thanks to Outer Vibe for the use of their song Hoka Hey for the intro and outro of our show. Find them on Facebook at The Outer Vibe or check out www.outervibe.com for tour dates, music, merch, and more. We'll see you next week for another meeting of the Gold Key Adventure Society. And until then, remember, life is short and the world is wide. So go have an adventure.